Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1061, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Markets. Coming up, markets have been remarkably calm in the face of natural disasters and political turmoil. Have they been too calm? We'll be talking about that. But right now, let's get a check on business news. Charlie Pellet has that for us. And I thank you very much, Lisa Bromo. It's happy Friday, by the way. We've got the Dow higher now, barely up just two points. A little change there. S&P also little changed. It is down five, down about two-tenths of one percent. NASDAQ tumbling 42 points. That is a drop of seven-tenths of one percent. The 10-year down four thirty seconds yield, 2.05 percent. Gold up 230 the ounce to 13.48. That is a gain of two-tenths of one percent. West Texas intermediate crude tumbling 3.2 percent down $1.55 a barrel. WTI now at 47.53. Kroger shares slumping 7.4 percent after the supermarket chain abandoned its practice of offering long-term guidance, a sign it is grappling with fierce competition in a grocery industry rattled by Amazon's acquisition of Whole Foods. Mike Schlotman is Kroger's chief financial officer. He was interviewed this morning on Bloomberg Television. So we feel good about the, the underlying strength in our business and the direction we're heading. Uh, the third quarter's off to, to a nice start as well uh, from a revenue standpoint. So I, I, it, the, the headlines are the headlines. Our job is to keep focused on, on the most important thing, and that's delivering for our customers each and every day. And we feel great about the, uh, our ability to do that. We've been doing it for 134 years. Kroger shares again down 7.5%. Shale drillers drop more rigs after Hurricane Harvey forced one of the nation's busiest oil fields to temporarily shut down operations. Working rigs targeting crude fell by three this week, bringing the total to 756. That is according to Baker Hughes. By the way, explorers have now dropped activity in four of the past six weeks. Again, recapping, equities mixed, S&P down four, down two-tenths of one percent, gold up two-thirds of the ounce, up two-tenths of one percent. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you so much, Charlie. I'm Lisa Abramowitz in for Carol and Corey, and this is Bloomberg. Elvis for this Friday. Well, we've heard a lot about how incredibly resilient markets have been in the face of quite a bit uh, of news, whether it's on the political front or if it's on the natural disaster front. And here to digest it with us is Rob Morgan, Chief Investment Officer of Sandy Spring Trust, which is based in Maryland, but he joins us today in our 1130 studios in New York. Uh, Rob, I'd love to get your sense just to start with. You uh, talk with a lot of investors. You advise them on uh, how to shift things around. When was the last time that you said, you know what, I saw something that made me think you need to change your allocations? Well, Lisa, I think all the time, kind of within the, the weeds, when we're looking at uh, sectors, um, w- w- those those do change uh, on a periodic basis. But uh, but from a from a global top down perspective, I I have uh, I've liked stocks over bonds for some time and overweighting uh, in stocks uh, for various reasons. I think, and you and I didn't want to cut you off there. Um, I think uh, primarily right now, stocks still seem fairly 
fairly priced. They don't, they're not cheap, but they don't look expensive either. And through long periods of time, stocks follow earnings growth. And for the next several quarters, earnings growth is project, projected to be double digits. So, uh, uh, at least for now, I, I think, uh, things look pretty attractive for the, uh, for the stock market. So let's dig in a little bit about some of the sector, uh, rotations that you're talking about. Are there uh, certain, uh, slices, certain industries that you've advised, uh, yeah. Investors absolutely, absolutely. You know, we've seen, and some of this is related to where the dollar may go. You know, we've seen we've seen the dollar drop pretty dramatically. I think I think partly that's overdone. I think also partly we we we're going to start to see maybe the dollar nudge up a little bit just based on economic growth going forward. Some of these factors are going to hopefully steepen the yield curve as well. So that you know, a rising dollar hurts the big cap multinationals. So I would underweight small cap stocks, small cap growth stocks in particular. And I know growth been a a favorite for a, for a long time. I think that's going to continue a while. Uh, a rising dollar also hurts U.S. investors who invest in overseas securities. So I'd be a little tentative. And, and investors do need an over uh, an international exposure. I would just be underweight that. Uh, so um, and of course we can continue to get into the particular industries as well what we like. But I think once again getting down a little bit into the weeds that that would be some still some macro calls there. What about um, things like travel stocks like airlines and cruise lines. And today we're seeing a bounce back of insurance companies. Are you among the investors advising people to buy? Well, let's start with insurance companies because, yes, financials are a sector that I like. And and I think uh, the retail investor would say, oh, three hurricanes out there. One's already hit. Two are coming. Must be bad for insurance stocks, right? And a perverse thing about hurricanes for insurance stocks is it's kind of a bad news is good news thing, uh, because typically hurricanes and other natural, huge natural disasters help firm the pricing for insurance companies. So, uh, so we like the financial sector. Uh, we don't, we don't really right now have any insurance stocks on, uh, kind of our collaborative stock model. Uh, but I sure think there may be an opportunity after this all shakes out to maybe, to maybe add a name or two like that. So so insurance companies, yeah, so it's, uh, it's kind of a long-winded way of focusing on just one part of your, your question. You know, the other uh, the, the other areas that you mentioned, uh, particularly, say, cruise lines, what have you, that's more the consumer discretionary space, um, kind of neutral on, on that right now, so not really actively following necessarily a, a lot of names there. Um, but I tell you, I mean, it could it, it could be the same phenomenon there. And and in general, you know, something else with just the broad economy, um, sure, and, and – uh, you know, Houston refineries are shut down or just in the Gulf in general. Surely for some period of time in Florida, uh, businesses will shut down. But but most economists say for the broader economy that all the rebuilding that goes on, net net, these things are a positive for the economy. You know, when you talk about how you are kind of not that excited about bonds and how you're hoping for a steeper yield curve, uh, one thing that I'm wondering whether it could potentially stymie that is, you know, even Bill Dudley, New York Fed's president, came out and said that the effects from these hurricanes could delay another rate hike and could even sure. make the economy look worse. What's your thought? Yeah, well, I mean, and I heard I, I heard that interview, and uh, and and so I guess we have to to wait and see on that. And and of course, any time you know, and and it seems like the track that we're on right now is at, at the September meeting, which is I believe in a couple weeks. Um, the Fed is going to be a little more specific about you know unwinding the balance sheet, and then we seem to be on.
on track for a December rate hike. So there, so whenever, whenever the Fed has built up expectations and then those expectations aren't realized, the, the investment community always says, what does the Fed know that we don't know? <laughs> and so that, that could be a little troubling. Uh, but, uh, but as Bill Dudley says, we just have to wait and see how, how this all plays out. Rob Morgan, thank you so much for joining us. Rob Morgan Thanks, is Lisa. Chief Investment Officer of Sandy Spring Trust, based in Maryland, but joining us here in New York today. A lot of uncertainty out there, um, but sticking with stocks. Coming up, we're going to take a closer look at Uber and a new investigation into the ride-sharing company. Right now, let's go get a check on world and national headlines with Adrian Mitchell in the Bloomberg 991 Newsroom in Washington, D.C. Adrian. Lisa, Irma has weakened just enough to become a Category 4 hurricane with 155-mile-an-hour winds as it heads toward landfall in Florida on Sunday. Governor Rick Scott is urging people to heed evacuation orders before it's too late. If you are in an evacuation zone in South Florida, you need to leave. Port Everglades will be closing tonight for safety, and gas will no longer be being resupplied into much of South Florida until after the storm. The storm's latest track puts Georgia at greater risk. Hurricane Irma has killed at least 11 people in the Caribbean and left thousands of people homeless. Mexico is reeling from the impact of a powerful earthquake, one that was probably bigger than a 1985 quake that killed 9,000 people. Initial reports put the death toll at 32, but that's expected to change as reports trickle in from damaged areas. As many as 143 million people are at risk from a hack attack on Equifax. Bloomberg cybersecurity reporter Michael Riley tells us what the company's doing for those whose data was stolen. They're going to offer free credit monitoring, protect your identity by watching things like if people are trying to use your social security number to open accounts. The other thing is they're going to allow you to freeze access to the credit reports that they put out. But the problem is that that still leaves the other two credit rating agencies because they collect all this information. It leaves those doors open. Some Equifax executives are under scrutiny for selling stock before the data breach was announced. Global News, 24 hours a day. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Adrian Mitchell.